The day-to-day adversity you face is frustrating. It's not ideal. We would love a far easier way to get to where we want to go. But just maybe, that adversity, that obstacle in front of you, is the opportunity that you have been begging for in disguise. Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment, and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. What's so amazing about this is I have absolutely no experience in stocks, options, futures, crypto, other than the fact that I know how to throw money at it and oftentimes just lose it. So I'm not gonna be talking about that. But what I wanna talk today about is more about the head and the heart that we need in order to be successful pretty much in anything in life, but absolutely as it relates to trading, as it relates to playing with our money. And so there's just there's so much that goes into that, right? I mean, think about right now, how many people are really excited by the way that the stock market looks right now? Chuck, you're so full of shit. <laughs> how many people are completely excited about the way that their crypto account looks right now, right? Things are so volatile, it's so easy to get wrapped up into the emotion of what's going on that we completely lose our heads and we completely lose track of every opportunity we have to exercise the things that we have been given to make the right decisions. And so what I wanna talk about today is going from mediocrity to MVP. How do you do that, particularly during a time like this? Because these are the times when people become the most successful. These are the, six months ago, a year ago, a year and a half ago, you heard all of those idiots calling trades on Reddit. Anybody could do that. Anybody could run with the bulls and make a whole bunch of money. All people had to do was throw money at it. But what about now? It's silent. If anything, all you're hearing is tears hitting the floor. People don't know what to do. They're losing their minds. And with losing their minds, they're losing every single dollar that they had. If we want to be successful, we need to realize where success comes from. Success does not come from, this is not a knock against anybody that's here, but it doesn't come against a platform. It doesn't come from some set of knowledge. It doesn't come from 30, 40, 50 years of experience. It comes from someplace that every single one of you has if you're willing to tap into it. This quote says, what lies ahead of us or what lies behind us is of little matter to what lies within us. You see, I didn't get that concept myself. I was fortunate enough. I'm 44 right now. By the time I was 22, I had started earning six figures a year. And 20 years ago, by the way, for all of us that remember, earning six figures a year was a significant amount of money. Now it's an absolute joke to think about the fact that people laugh at $100,000 a year. It's so funny to me to think about. But I got off and I was running. I was, I was super fortunate. My wife is at home. Uh, she was uh, raising our two kids. I was driving a Mercedes. We owned a home in Yorba Linda, California. It was a higher dollar place to, to live and, and, and to work. And I thought things were so well. And I was killing it. I was doing so well financially. And then the 2008 recession hit. And I wasn't equipped emotionally, 
mentally, physically, or practically to prevent what was about to happen to myself and my family. Now, it took five years, but over the course of five years, between 2008 and 2013, I proceeded to lose every single thing that I had worked for. Everything. Our house, our cars, our toys, everything but the clothes on our backs we walked out of that house with under short sale. We lost it all. It was incredible how fast everything went away. And I remember thinking to myself, like, how in the hell did I get into this place? Now, here we are, nine years later. Thank God we've built that back. I worked to build a successful business. I'm very, very happy about that. But there is one thing that I have not forgotten, and it's what got me here. And it's everything that sits inside of here. You know, one thing that fuels me, and I'm, I'm, we'll work through some practical thoughts here for you guys, but, you know, one thing that fuels me, how many people are afraid to lose money? How many people are afraid to fail? You know, there's this mantra that's out there right now, particularly in like the motivational world. Tony Robbins is, Tony Robbins is notorious for saying this, that you should never feel failure, fear failure. I think that is garbage. First of all, it's unrealistic. Second of all, we can actually use failure as an opportunity to fuel us. See, because one thing that resides deep down inside me is the fear of ever putting my family back into the position that they were once in. Particularly my two kids, they had no choice to walk out of that house and never look back. They had no choice to give up so many of the things that they had grown to enjoy. It was on me. Poor decisions, a gambling addiction, too many other things that put me in the place that it did. And so one of the things that burns inside of me is the fear of never putting my family into the position that they once were, meaning I will do everything and anything possible to get to where I need to go. I won't quit in part because of that. What is it for you? As you sit here right now, you've spent money, you've paid money, whether it was for a ticket, a flight, a hotel, you're sitting in a room learning how to continue to earn money in the stock market. Why? If nobody's ever told you, I'm going to tell you this. If all you're here to do is to make money, you will never make enough money. If that is your goal, you are setting yourself up for a life of misery. It's got to be something beyond that. What is that for you? What do you really want to accomplish? What do you want to do should you become successful enough to have enough money to do whatever you want? You know, when I coach executive leaders, I'm a performance coach. I work with executive leaders, CEOs, higher performing salespeople, and everybody comes to a coach because they want to succeed. They want to achieve, sometimes to overcome a challenge, but really they want to achieve goals. And I tell them all the same thing. I'm happy to help you achieve goals, but if that's all you're after, again, you're wasting your life. My goal is to help people get to a place of freedom, to do what they want, when they want, with the people that they want. That's what I'm after for people. So hopefully you are here to produce some sort of freedom for yourself. Not because I say that word, but because I believe that that's the best thing that we can accomplish in life. Goals are mile markers. But we treat them like they are the end all be all. 
So let's talk about 10 keys to move from ooh, market mediocrity to MVP. MVPs follow their dreams. So who wants to share with me? Just you can raise your hand or you can blurt it. Actually raise your hand so we have some sort of order. What is one dream that you have yet to accomplish in life and yet you want to? Go ahead. Make a living from anywhere in the world. Pretty amazing dream. What else? Pay your house off. But it's probably not because you want to pay your house off, but because there's something that paying your house off will allow you to do, right? So this is the fortune of me standing up here is I just kind of get to do what I want at this point. So what would happen if you made $50,000 today? I, I wouldn't feel that, I mean, I would, if I made $50,000 today, I'd still be worried about what's going to happen later on down the road. So I'm so glad he answered that question that way, and I didn't load that up. But do you realize how ridiculous, I'm sorry to say it this way, but how ridiculous his fear is? He's afraid to sit here and learn and grow and enjoy because he's afraid that he should be out there working. But even if he was out there working and he earned $50,000, $100,000 today, he's still just as afraid as he was. Think about what your dream really is. Somebody over here, what's your dream? Come on. Freedom. Okay, there we go. Freedom. But guys, I want you to understand this. You're here to make money. I 100% understand that. And I am all about that too. I'm 44. By the time I'm 50, I want to be 100% financially detached from the, the need to go out and produce. I want to be able to buy an RV, to hop in that RV, drive around the country with my family if that's what my wife wants to do. I want to be able to fly to the Caymans. I want to be able to go to Bora Bora and be right out on the edge of one of those bungalows and sit and look at the fish underneath. I want to be able to do all of those things. And that requires me to work hard to produce money. But if I don't accomplish any of those things, my life is no worse off than it is right now. What do you really dream about? What are you really doing to produce what you want for the rest of your life? And I would challenge you to say that for most of you, you don't need to do anything else than what you're doing right now. MVPs are committed. Are you committed to your process? Are you committed to your craft? Are you committed to doing the things every single day that are going to get you to where you want to go? How shitty is it to wake up this morning knowing that you're down $200,000? <laughs> Real bad, right? And there's a tendency, particularly when we start chasing losses. This was me when I gambled. The last week that I gambled on sports, for sport, now once in a while for fun I will do it. But the last week that I gambled on sport, I was chasing a $5,000 loss day one of the week. Okay, Monday it opened up. I lost $5,000. It was the last week of March Madness that year, 2006. By the way, that was my birthday week. And I would conclude that week having lost over $20,000. One week. Why? Because I started in a loss. 
And instead of continuing to do the things that I knew that would at least chip away at that loss, what do you think I did? I tried to keep chasing it and chasing it and chasing it. $20,000, one week. I mean, that is absurd. I don't care how much. I wasn't making enough money to cover that $20,000 loss. Not in a week. How absurd is that? And so as you guys sit here right now, we talked about this back there, right? I said, it, it, it took you how long to accumulate enough wealth or enough of a portfolio to lose $200,000? Years and years and years. And I know it only took two weeks, two days to lose all that money. But if you think that you're going to make that up in two days, you are fooling yourself. Commit to the process. $1,000 a day. $500 a day. All you need to do is work towards removing the dent that you have created in the portfolio that you are sitting in front of or that's sitting in front of you. Be smart. Commit to your process. Don't get distracted. That's the other thing that happens so often, especially in an, in an environment like this, is we're looking out to every single guru that's out there. That guy's making that much money. That gal's making that much money. All I need to do is this. All I need to do is that. That was me when I first kind of jumped into the idea of crypto, which I still only know a fraction about it. But man, it was so easy to buy this coin and to buy this coin and to jump on this platform and to jump on that platform. And finally, I just took a huge step back. And for the longest time, I didn't touch any bit of my portfolio at all. And then I decided that I wanted to start researching and get into the NFT world because that thing was jumping off like crazy about six or nine months ago. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to commit to what I know, which is if I don't understand it, I'm not going to spend money on it. And I went slowly. I spent some money to invest in a course, to learn a little bit more, bought my first NFT the other day. That is not the me of 10 years ago because the me of 10 years ago would have erratically just started spending money buying stuff and probably end up losing it later on. I'd have been part of this NFT crash that just happened in the last two or three weeks. So whatever you set out to do, make sure that you stay committed to what you started with. Yes, you can, make you can make tweaks along the way. But you want to be careful that you don't get distracted by what else is out there. You stay focused on what you want. Don't let other people tell you what you want. I love this one a lot. MVPs take responsibility. No matter what, I heard somebody say this earlier and I loved it. No matter what the market does, it's not the market's fault you win or lose. It's yours. If you are attaching the results of whatever you're pursuing to the market that you're invested into, you're gambling. You're just throwing dice. And I would say if that's your mentality, you probably have a better chance of just going and throwing a bunch of money down at the roulette table and just hoping it hits once and walking away. Take responsibility for your action. Take responsibility for your growth. Take responsibility for your learning. Invest into yourself. 
We live in a world that we just love to point the finger in every other direction. And if I wasn't sitting in this room talking about this specific topic, I would talk about taking responsibility in a whole lot of other ways that would help our entire country to be in a better place than it's in right now. From a government perspective, from a cultural perspective, from a fiscal perspective, and we can go on and on and on and talk about all the way, a healthcare perspective, all the ways in which everybody just points the finger in every other direction but the one right here. And what you will realize is, is by the way, the people that you admire the most, that you seek to follow the most, that you want to, that you want to learn and grow from, they take responsibility. They point the finger at themselves. If you have worked for anybody or do work for anybody right now, you will, you will know that the best leaders to follow are the ones that take responsibility for their own actions. Are you doing that? And by the way, the more responsibility that you're willing to take on yourself, the more control you're going to have over yourself. Because when you're pointing the finger, it's really hard to accept and take responsibility and to make the decisions necessary to change. When it's everybody else's fault, you're out of control all the time. You're living in nothing but chaos. So I would challenge you to take responsibility. It's always funny when I, when I share something like this in a room like this, that MVPs are open to learning and growing because here you are, you spent money to do that. But I would challenge us all, because I know this is my problem too a lot. I would challenge us all to think about the one area that we don't want to learn or we don't want to grow in. There is an area in your life Maybe it's related to what you're doing here today, or maybe it's something completely different. But there is an area that you are just far too stubborn or far too prideful to learn and grow in. I mean, pride is destroying us because we think we know better than everybody else. We're too smart to say those words out loud, but our actions tell a different story. I mean, again, back to all of my financial irresponsibility 15, 20 years ago. If somebody would have told me, I, I used to tell the story and I used to say that I didn't have the guidance. When I got married, I got married at 22. I bought my house the same week that I got married. I didn't have a dad in my life. I hadn't spoke to my, I didn't speak to my dad, hadn't spoke to my dad in 10 years. And so I can definitely say, and, and there's a reason to uh, agree with the fact that not having my father to be there to guide me and to teach me how to, to run my household well and to spend money and be responsible, that, that's a really damn good excuse. But it's just an excuse. Because if I really wanted to learn and grow, I could have. I could have gone out and found it. But the truth of the matter is, if somebody would have told me that I was doing all the wrong things, I'd have just stuck my middle finger up at him and told him where to go with it. And you may not do that, but you do something like that. You have an opportunity. I mean, it's unbelievable to see the amount of information that we have at our fingertips. Are you using it? Is there another area that you should be financially investing into yourself? to get to where you want to go, to achieve that dream. 
Just consider that there is something in every single one of us that is holding us back from taking it to the next level. And often that is just the willingness to learn and grow in that specific area. Again, you're here, so you are learning, you are growing, you are investing into yourself. But there's something that you can explore further. It's, gonna, it's just going to take you challenging yourself in order to do that. This is such a fun one, <laughs> especially when the market just makes you not want to be optimistic at all. There, there are so many people out there that talk about like, Peter, sorry if this offends you. I've, I've already said something that has. It, there's somebody out there that says, if you just put the positivity out there, it'll come back. I just believe that if I just have all the right thoughts in my head, then it's all going to work out okay. That's garbage to me. Just look around you. That's not the way the world works. So I'm not talking about being unrealistically optimistic. What I'm saying is, is you can be realistically optimistic. And even in the environment of trading, there is an incredible opportunity to make money right now. If you know the right things, if you do the right things, if you have the right goals, if you have the right system, the right process, you have the right people around you, there's an incredible opportunity for you to make money. But if all you're doing is wallowing in all of your losses, that negative mindset's never going to take you anywhere. As a matter of fact, it's probably just going to turn you into more losses. I mean, could you imagine what it would be like if uh, I get to brag about the best center fielder in baseball today, Mike Trout, um, happens to be in my backyard. I'm from here in Southern California. I'm very, I'm not very proud of much about California, but the Angels, I am, I am a proud fan of. Could you imagine if every single time he went up to the plate, the first thing he thought to himself was, Man, I just, I don't think I can hit the ball. <laughs> I mean, like, last time I went up to the plate, I just, I struck out. I, I don't know. I mean, the bases are loaded this time, and the last time I was up at the bases loaded, I, I hit into a double play. I think I'm just going to hit into another double play this time. I, I just, I don't think that I can do it. What's that going to do to him? The chances of him being successful at that point are slim and none. That's how we wake up most mornings. It's fascinating to me how many people treat Mondays that way. You're so sick and tired of continuing to do the job that you do every single day that you hate going to work on Mondays. Looking at the demographic of people in this room, if that is one of you, good Lord, change your position. Fire yourself if you're in that position. I cannot believe how many people are miserable getting up every single day. And I understand that there are some horrific things that you are dealing with in life. But when you get up out of bed and you're dreading going to work, you have no chance to enjoy your day. Zero. 
You can't change your boss. You can't change the people that you work with. Maybe you can't change the people that work for you. But what you can do is change the environment that you're in. And if you're trading on the side and you're going to a job every single day, and mentally your job is ruining you, how good are you going to be when it comes to looking at spreadsheets or charts or whatever the heck it is you guys look at? Not very good. Your mind is going to be in a horrible, horrible place. You've got to find ways to be optimistic, but you can only be optimistic if the environment presents itself as such. So consider how you can change your environment to become more optimistic about your day. Oops. Ta-da. Um, MVPs are self-confident. This is a fun one. Because on one hand, we all want to believe that we're confident. We all want to believe that we have what it takes. At the same time, there's that little voice that goes inside of every single one of our heads. No matter how good you are, no matter how successful you have been, and that voice says, you are not good enough. You lost, you're going to lose again. You failed, you're going to fail again. You see that guy over there? You're never going to be like him. You're never going to achieve what they achieved. I have two daughters. They're 20 and 13 now. Um, and they're so different. It's incredible to me. So my 20-year-old, by the time she was in junior high, hated school. And we hated that she, or we hated school too, because it was miserable in our house every single night. If you've ever been there as a parent, you're up until 10 o'clock at night and you're fighting like crazy just for them to get their homework done. You're like, you don't even care what it looks like. Just finish it and turn something in. And then my 13-year-old, she's in middle school now, and she loves school so much. I have to like throttle her back from, not even, from doing her homework two, three, four days in advance. I'm like, yo, just take a break. But daddy, I got an A minus last time. I'm like, and what? <laughs> but one thing that we've continued to recite to both of our kids over and over again is they've struggled with their own levels of self-confidence. As young women growing up in this world, brutal. As teenage girls in this world, brutal. One of the things that we have told them over and over again, and I tell this to adults, and I've got to tell you that the kids listen to me better than the adults do, is this. Is we root confidence in things like our talent, in our achievement, in our success, in the way that we look, in the way that we act, in the positions that we take. And those things don't hold a candle to this. I believe confidence is knowing that our best is good enough. Let me say that again. I believe that our confidence should be rooted in whether we know our best is good enough or not. You see, because if we took every single one of us, uh, us in this room and we matched ourselves up against each other in any skill, we're going to come out at different levels. Because our knowledge, our experience, our brain power, our talent, our will, it's all different, right? So does that mean that you're better than me because you're smarter than me? Maybe in that specific skill, 
All I need to do is step up to the plate and be confident in knowing that I'm going to give it my best every single day. And so when my kids would go off to school in the morning, I would remember to tell them, no matter what you do, you give it your best today. And when you come home at night, regardless of the day you've had, if you can look me in the eyes and tell me that your best is good enough, that's good enough for me. The little side note there is I would also tell them is that your daddy knows better than you. And so if you're not giving it your best, I'm going to tell you. Because I like to try and play tricks every once in a while, right? I can only do 25% of my homework. That was my best. I'm like, no, it's not. Get back to work. <laughs> so it takes a level of self-awareness in there too, right? We want to be self-confident, but we need to be self-confident in the thing that we can control. And what we can control is the effort we put forth. That's all we can control. We'll talk about that again in a little bit. And so for you, when you step up to the plate to go to work, to trade, whatever it is you're going to do, I would encourage you to begin rooting your confidence in the one thing that you can control. And that's you are going to put your best foot forward today. That's why it's wonderful for you to hire a coach to work with guys like Chuck and Corey that are speaking into you. Yes, you're giving it your best. Yes, you're working as hard as you can. Yes, you are executing appropriately. That's all you can control. And they will help you to be objective voices when you're telling yourself that you could do more or you don't do enough. They'll be there to help guide you, engage you through that. Self-confidence is key to being an MVP. MVPs have emotional control. How many of you have had your heartstrings tugged on in the last couple of weeks by your trading? Just two? The rest of you aren't in touch with your emotions. Should we sit here and cry for a minute or something? <laughs> Chuck's crying back there. You have to be able to control your emotions. This is what I talked about earlier, right? We think we have control over so much. And all we have control over is the effort we put forth and the reaction to whatever happens is the result of that. That's it. That's it. There is nothing else that you have control over. It's fascinating to me when I coach a seven-figure earning CEO that seems to believe they have control over the people that work for them. But it's just as hilarious for me to think that somebody is losing their mind over the fact that the stock market took a tank. It hurts because you're watching a lot of hard work dissipate. You're watching your bank account get drained. But I think part of the reason why you're so hurt is because you think you had some control of that in the first place. You think you figured out a way to manipulate the market in order to go your way. That was the Game Stoppers on Reddit. And they did for a few days. You don't have control. I don't have control. And so what we need to do, when I coach salespeople, I tell them this all the time. You need to detach yourself from the outcome is what I say. You go into there, 
You build a relationship, you listen to what they have to say, you present the best possible solution that you can to whatever need they've presented to you, and then you walk away. No emotion. You can get excited over you if you win, and you can be pissed if you lose. But ultimately, you need to detach emotion from the situation because what happens when we invest emotion into a situation? Logic goes out the window. That goes back to chasing losses. We lose our minds. And so if you're feeling yourself unsettled right now, as it relates to what's going on, again, with your portfolio or something else completely, one of the questions that I would ask if I was you is, is am I too emotionally invested? And if the answer is yes, you need to figure out a way to start to detach from that situation. We need to have control of our emotions. We can be passionate. I'm very passionate about things, as you can see. We can get excited, but we don't want to let our emotions take control of the decisions that we're making, particularly as they relate to money and our livelihood. If you are acting emotionally, you are in big, big trouble. It may work for a while, but eventually it is going to blow up in your face like it never has before. MVPs embrace adversity. Anybody ever, uh, anybody familiar with Ryan Holiday? One in the back. He's written The Obstacle is the Way, Ego is the Enemy. He writes The Daily Stoic every single day. <clears throat> so he's like, today is like modern day Stoic, Stoic philosopher. Very smart guy. Every single one of his books that I've read has, has been great. Maybe up till his last one, I wasn't a big fan of. But uh, he, he wrote this book called The Obstacle is the Way. That's actually the first book, the first book that I read of his. And one of the things he talks about is we have become conditioned to be obstacle adverse. We do everything that we can to avoid the obstacle, to run in the other direction, to run around the corner, to, to build a different bridge. We try and figure out how we can escape the obstacle that is sitting in front of us. And his challenge, based upon all of Stoic philosophy for hundreds and hundreds of years, says, what if the obstacle is the way? What if this challenge that you're looking at right now in the market is the opportunity? Again, I'm like so ignorant to this stuff that sometimes it's like ridiculous for me to even speak to it, but it's fascinating to me how everybody was crying about the fact that Bitcoin was at 60,000 and they didn't get in. We're on like a 60% discount right now. And they're crying because it's where it's at. What's crazy is most of them weren't even in at it ever. They're just crying about where it's at. They need some emotional control. <laughs> I mean, simple common sense, if anything, says if you have more cash available to you, just cost average, and at least you're in a better position than you were, you know, a year ago. But it's like, this is the opportunity that people have been begging for. 
Most of us have watched a stock market craze, a real estate craze for the last 10 years. You haven't been able to to take discounts like this in forever. But everyone's freaking out. They're frozen cold. They don't know what to do with themselves. Now, I understand part of that is because we don't know how much farther it may go. Does anybody know that? Can you tell me? I'd like to know. (laughs) But now is the time. I was saying in the back that uh, I, I had been invested into crypto uh, just little bits and pieces, like 1,000 here, 500 there, 1,000 here. So finally, about three months ago, I had some extra money, and I'm like, all right, I, I just I love Ethereum, great coin for me, lots of use. I'm like, I'm finally just going to bite the bullet. And about five at $4,000, 20 grand, right? What's it at right now? 2,069 bucks, I think. What? Not 4,000. <laughs> See, we need a coach for math. Okay, so I'm like, oh shit, what did I do? What did I do? Well, first of all, I know long-term, I don't think I have anything to worry about. I think I'm okay. But the second thing I thought to myself was, just two days ago, was I can buy five more coins at half price. And so that's what I did. Now, I still got a ways to go just to get back to my average, but I'm okay because I feel like it's an opportunity. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to understand the real estate market because the opportunity is coming. Post-2008, I told you I had no money. I had nothing. People were taking advantage of all my losses. Someone bought my house for like half price. Now I have been packing away money, waiting for an opportunity to buy the real estate dip. Probably not here in Southern California because there's just way too much stupid money here. But there are going to be opportunities all around the country to buy at a discount. The obstacle to so many people is the way for me. The day-to-day adversity you face is frustrating. It's not ideal. We would love a far easier way to get to where we want to go. But just maybe, that adversity, that obstacle in front of you, is the opportunity that you have been begging for in disguise. Consider that. MVPs have the backbone of character. This is all about the way you carry yourself, the decisions you make. One of my favorite quotes is by the author C.S. Lewis. He says, it's not your business to succeed, but to do what is right. When you have done so, the rest lies with God. And that's the quote that I live by. I used to work for, uh, before I started uh, my coaching practice in 2011, I worked for a large publicly traded company. Um, They weren't publicly traded when I went to work there. They were a small private organization. We got acquired by a uh, private equity firm and just disaster. That was when Enron happened, and so Sarbanes-Oxley came in and just destroyed the compliance side of our business. And as a result of so many more 
just uh, restrictions and uh, needs. Uh, we just we started driving prices up. We started pushing those prices out to our clients. We were asking our clients to pay for things that we had never asked them to do before. It felt so uncomfortable to me. And so when I was no longer at that organization, one of the reasons that I started my business was because I didn't believe that I could ever ask a client to do something that I didn't think was the right thing ever again. And even as a coach now, coaches are shysters. 99% of them that you see out there marketing to you on social media are full of shit. <laughs> that's not their car. That's not their wife. That's not their house. They ran out onto the tarmac to take a picture in front of the jet. It's ridiculous. I could very easily, I'm a pretty damn good salesperson. I could very easily sell expensive coaching packages and then just not really follow through on them. Because that's what most people do. I mean, how many times have you bought into a program and then it not turned out to be as good as that they pitched it to be? Not here, but somewhere else. <laughs> Everything's packages. Just do this, do this, do that, and you will make a million dollars and you will have a Ferrari. <laughs> Be better than that. There are so many opportunities for us to demonstrate better character. Again, I would love to run down the cultural and political line right now. I talk about it a lot. There are far more opportunities for us to unite a divided country if we would simply just do the right thing. But we're too busy with our emotions tied up. We're too busy playing with our own tribe. There's an opportunity for us to demonstrate better character in the business world, out in the world in general, by just having better character. And finally, MVPs are persistent and patient. Persistent and patient. Traditionally, we have one of the, or the other. It's kind of how we're built. For the longest time, I was balls to the wall. My mantra from like 19 to about 23 was go big or go home. <laughs> Drinking, gambling, drugs, whatever I did. Go big or go home. And boy, did that get me into a lot of trouble. Thank God I married a woman. It took her a couple of years to finally like get it through my thick skull. But I married a woman that was extremely patient, mild-mannered, really chill. And she has helped to soften that side of me. Which one are you? Persistent or are you patient? Which one do you need to, to, to insert more into the way that you're doing business or doing life on a day-in and day-out basis? Persistence to continue to do the right thing over and over again. The persistence to do what you've learned knowing that eventually it's going to work itself out. Patience. The patience to slowly chip away 
at whatever losses you have in front of you right now. I don't want to ask this question because this implicates too many people in a really awkward spot, but just think about this and you, you can raise your hand in your head. How many of you have tried to lose 20 pounds at one point or another in your life more than once in your life? Oh, he, he, Chuck's, Chuck's bold enough. Twice he's done it. And so you go on this crash diet, right? That's the New Year's resolution, 20 pounds. I'm going to lose 20 pounds, and it's going to be done by February 28th, whatever the year is. And so you set off, and you cut every carb out of your diet. You won't eat a cookie back there for the life of you. No more alcohol, no more fun. You're going to exercise every single day, and then January 3rd hits. (laughs) Because you didn't lose 10 pounds on January 2nd. been there, right? I mean, how many of us would have done well to just focus on losing a pound a month? That doesn't feel very good. But 20 months ago, you'd be down 20 pounds by now. But you were impatient. You wanted it now. It didn't feel good to look at one pound on the scale after a month. Who would do that? Most of you guys are numbers people in this room. I mean, how many people would rather have a million bucks right now or a dollar that doubled every single day for 30 days? Everybody would take the million dollars except people that can actually have some common sense and think about the fact that that thing's gonna compound and it's gonna fly past a million bucks. But that million dollars in my hands right now feels so good. Patience. Coupled with common sense some emotional control. You guys are in a tough spot. I get it. I can name time after time where I felt like, and maybe you're not in this position right now, but for some of you, you are. You feel like you're backed into a corner. You're not 100% sure what you're going to do next. But this is your opportunity. An event like this has never happened, maybe once before in your life. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to make it through this cycle? Are you going to go another 10 years riding the roller coaster? And then we have another dip 10 years from now, you're going to be back in the same position? For those of us that are alive 10 years from now? Someone will get hit by a bus or something. What are you going to do? How are you going to position yourself now? Do you want to be mediocre? I don't think so. But that's going to be up to you to decide whether or not you want to do that. I'm going to finish with one final story and I'll be, <clears throat> I'll be done. So, and I only share this because I, I want you to understand uh, what this really took for me. So I shared with you the fact that I lost everything in 2013. November 2013, that month will be stamped forever in history for me. And you would think that that would have been enough to do it for me, right? Like that should have been the wake-up call. Get your shit together. Get really intentional. Live your life the way you are supposed to. Started my business in 2011. 
right? So that had been off and running a little bit. I went to work for a client in 2015, uh, making a multiple six-figure income this time, had benefits. Um, I had a, a half a million dollar stock option that was available to me. It was, it was going to pay out in about five years. Um, and so I, I was humming. Like things were good. My family was happy. I was happy. I was healthy. I was in the best shape of my life. And then for me, I, I needed to be taught again. And so I had an awakening like I had never had an awakening before. Because on October 1st, 2017, I was in the crowd in Las Vegas when the mass shooting happened with my wife and five of our friends. And one of my friends, she was standing right next to me. She was shot and killed that night. And two weeks later, I went back to work to my Cush office in Newport Beach with the same great salary, the benefits, the stock, good people around me, happy wife, happy life. And I remember staring out my floor-to-ceiling window, looking out at Newport Coast, and I said to myself, what the hell are you doing with your life? And the reality was, is as Jim Collins would say, I let good become my enemy to great. We all have an opportunity to live an incredible life. And for every single one of you, it's going to look different. For every single one of us, it's going to look different. But for some of you that are dreaming about leaving money behind for your family or earning enough money to finally produce freedom for yourself, is that what you really want? The greatness that you desire right now may not be the greatness that you were created for. But the challenge to you is to decide whether or not you want to continue to sit in that habit of goodness or you want to seek greatness and become the MVP that you have an opportunity to live for. So with that, thank you guys so much. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.